Hey everybody, I am Adam Harris, sitting along with Mr. Ken Miller, and welcome to episode two of Beers, Bourbon, Business, and Broskies. On this episode, we are going to talk about power questions, delve into them, and talk about how we can implement them in each other's lives, and how you can use those in business, sales, management, and everything else like that. So Ken, what are power questions? Well, I know it's a very dry topic. So Super fucking dry. Like it's, We're going to try to give you guys really good questions while I'm trying to keep it a little fun and, and kind of banter around back and forth. But basically, a power question is a thought-provoking question that gives power to your conversation. Uh, you're basically going to try to ask these questions in your personal life as a listener or as a trusted advisor in business and really shift the conversation from you to the person you're talking to and really figure out what's on their mind and where they're trying to go. Yeah, like we talked about in the first episode, I think a big part was narcissism, which I've been reading a lot of books and everything. Makes sense. (laughs) Yeah, and like we talked about in the first episode, you will hear I probably what was in 75% of that episode because I love to talk about myself. So like Ken said, you get power questions and we start bullshitting and you post questions and all of a sudden people just let you in. And that's a big thing in sales and management is posing the question and somebody opens it up to you about the whole thing. So how this kind of all started was Ken and I about, what, probably a week and a half ago, week ago, we were like, what are we going to do for the second episode? Because we wanted to get, the first episode was really vague, super vague. Power questions, we need power questions. <laughs> power questions, which is hysterical because, what was it, three, four years ago, we had a buddy that we were out with the bar with and he had a giant interview or presentation for one of the giant sporting goods companies. The big sporting companies in America. In America, huge. And he had this terrifying interview about this because he was online sales and all that. And I was hammered. And Adam was hammered. And we were both got sober throughout and the entire saying power questions. And we power literally power questions. power questions the entire time. Power questions, power questions, power questions. Which, you know, three years ago it sounds comical, but the more, he got a promotion. He did. He did. It was hilarious. What did what the next day? I think he, it was a group text. He was, he was like the next day he texted us. He was hey, like, thanks yo, for telling me that we got a promotion. Wow. Why didn't I do that earlier in my life? Yeah. But no, so we were talking about this so about... Hopefully that'll work for you guys. Yeah, because, you know, shout out if you get a promotion after all this. What this kind of talked about was like two weeks ago, we were like, what are we going to do for episode two? Because episode one was super broad. And we wanted to start delving into more topics. Make it specific. So yeah, more specific. actually use it in your everyday life, your everyday job, whether you're in sales management or if you're... Just overall, you're dealing with life. Anything. Anything. Your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, because power questions just don't have to just be about... It doesn't have to be business. No, it can. It'd be like, honey, why are you upset? Whatever it could be. So him and I were about a couple weeks ago. We wanted this to be our second topic because we both think this is a very prolific topic. And we thought that it would benefit everybody, male, female, whatever it is. So I started doing a little research. And one of the books I came across was Power Questions by Andrew Sobel. It's a pretty good read if you guys get a chance. It's a super good read because it's it's lighthearted. I don't know if it's lighthearted, but it's it's very short. It's what is it? It's an easy read. It's yeah. Not, uh, I mean, basically what they it's do all, is... It's all basically uh, small stories within a book. So it's... the Yeah. They basically pose a power question, and then they give a scenario on how that happened, and it's three pages. And then you go through it. So it's not like you're delving into this giant endeavor about this story or anything like that. You get a topic. You read about it. And then you go forward with it. So it's super useful. I would highly recommend Power Questions by Andrew Sobel. So on this episode, Kenny and I are going to kind of give you how I implement power questions 
in my management style and how Kenny implements power questions on his sales style. Now, we might play a little like role playing between the two of us on how each one. Hey, that might be the first time. (laughs) (laughs) But how we can put power questions to use and kind of give you real life scenarios about Kenny asking me questions from a sales role to a business owner role and how I might pose power questions to Kenny from a management to a, can I say inferior to you? Like somebody that overlooked? Cause I, I, I like, you know what I mean? Somebody like that. You know what I mean? Somebody that you're overseeing. Are you calling me inferior? I, I kind of am. I am in your fucking lighthouse shirt right now. By the way, Dude, he's wearing I'm... a lighthouse shirt that, by the way, his, the seams are popping out of his, uh. Small arms are huge. Who are you calling me inferior? <laughs> Anyway, so if you guys have listened to episode one, we greatly appreciate it. And we have now created a Facebook and Instagram page, right, Ken? Yes, sir. So there's an Instagram page. What is it? Beers. Beers, bourbon, business, and broskies, bitch. Right? On Instagram along with. Drop the bitch. But yeah. Yeah. Four Bs, not five. It's on both of those. Social media, all for it. If you guys give us a like and a subscribe, we greatly appreciate it. We're also going to try. Let's get into it. All right. You want to get into it? Let's get into it. They're already five minutes in. Let's get into it. Five minutes in, and we appreciate it because you're probably like, where the hell are we going with this? So basically, Adam's going to start with kind of what questions have worked for him in management. I'll give a few that my managers gave me that I I, I thought I've responded well to and made me feel great. We're going to try to keep it a, a pretty open banter and go back and forth. We don't want to keep it too structured, but I'll try to give you guys as many questions in sales as I possibly can to arm you with, and Adam will give you as many questions as you can to arm you with in management. Yeah, we don't want to lecture you throughout this entire process. So we're going to go right off the bat. My go-to, my management style is, which is fucking hilarious because last episode, Kenny made it evidently clear that I like to sit behind my desk, or paint, not even me, but painted the picture of any manager that they like to sit behind their desk and tell the salespeople or people below them what they're gonna do so that they can collect a paycheck, which is not how I view things. I like to think that I work for the people I manage. So what question I like to do and what I would say number one power question that I have for management is what can I do better for you? Because you, want to open up that conversation about that a lot of people i mean i'm sure ken there's things that your manager that does that expects from you but he doesn't do them all and he could be doing more for you to make you more successful so he expects a certain level of sales whatever it is but if he gave you a certain level of commitment he could make your life better yeah so i think um we've all had managers that We've all had managers we like, we don't like, we want to follow, we don't want to follow. We all had managers that ask good questions and then for some reason you really like them. So I think Adam's question is very similar to the question my manager asked me and he was, his question was, what do you want out of your career? What do you want out of here? And I was like, shit, I don't know. I'm 24. I want to make some money. You can give me a paycheck and I can <laughs> yeah. afford alcohol. It's not Natty Light. Oh, oh my God. I'm going <laughs> to make some real money here. And so I, uh, you know, I waited a month or so. And I thought about it, and I called him back, and I said, hey, these are my goals. He was actually, actually very genuine when he asked that question, and he took my goals down, and every month we had a call, and he said, okay, these are your goals. What are you doing to get here to your goals? So not only do you ask that question, you have to make those people responsible for the answer they give. Oh, so basically the guy was like, what can I do better? He took an interest in what you wanted, what you were looking for, 
and he tried to implement them and was like, okay, this is a key focus that Ken has. This is what he wants to do better. Let me focus in on this and how can I make his job better and how can we focus on this so he can be better going forward, right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. That, that was the gist of it. All right. So first off, our podcast is Beers, Bourbon, Business, Broskis, and we didn't do our toast for all this. So again, you know, this is... This isn't whistle pig this time. This is Knob Creek 100 proof. We stepped down a little bit of tear. We're only drinking $50 bottle of bourbon opposed to $100. Still 100, 100 proof. It's still 100 proof, so it's it's quite enjoyable. So that's one of the questions I like to pose to people as a manager. My second one that I like to ask them is, what do you need help with? We're all prideful, and we all have – we all want to think that we can – we're Superman, and we want to be Superman. I think – to be successful in business, you almost have to be a little prideful, right? Oh, totally. I mean, I'm not saying be a dick by any means. But you have to think you're the biggest badass in the room. I don't know if you have to get that far. Yeah. You just have to have a little bit of confidence in yourself. You have to genuinely care about the people you work with and the customers you work with. Yeah, but you want to be prideful and you want to feel like no matter what my boss or whoever does puts on me, I can take care of it no matter what. I think I'm that great. And you realize that a lot of times, and especially too, probably what ha- happens is that you find somebody that's super successful, right? And you feel like you can put more and more and more and more and more on them. And then all of a sudden- It's called riding your horse into the fucking ground. Yeah, it is. So, But what happens is you find that person, yeah, that horse that just makes you a lot of money. So you put more and more and more on them because if they're making you all this money, why not put more money on them? Because they're just gonna keep being more profitable. And sometimes people aren't they're, – they're not willing to admit that they need help with some stuff. So when you ask that question, what do you need help with, sometimes – and when you open that avenue, they're more likely to go, wow, you know, I do have some things that I wish you could help me with. And when you do that, it opens up an entire different avenue of questions and trust that's like, okay, I need you to help me with X, Y, and Z. Yeah, and that brings us back to the last podcast, the trust. So how do you build that – how do you get there? That was a common ground we spoke about last time, and this is the power questions we're going to dive into more this time. So what other power questions do you have besides what you just asked? All right, so that's two of them. And I would say you don't want to have, what, probably a lot of power questions because if you do, it just makes things very convoluted. And you don't – You got to feel you – gotta, you got to get – you got to practice them and get what seems natural to you. Like if you practice them enough, they should just come second nature. This, this shouldn't feel forced. It will at first, for sure. Totally. Will at first if you if you don't if you don't practice it a lot. Practice it on your lower customers, your wife, your husband, your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Practice it on your friends and get better at it before you go to your big customers because this should be just all natural flowing, coming to your brain brain naturally. And it shouldn't feel forced. You shouldn't be thinking of these questions. Just come to your mind. No, so Ken's completely right that you should just automatically want to throw the question into the other person's lap. So I give you two of them, and my third one. Let me interrupt be, real quick. So I'm sorry to interrupt, but what the whole thing you should be thinking of the whole time when you think of these power questions are uh, genuine curiosity. You should be genuinely Which we touched in Jeff. We touched on episode one, genuine. But carry that to this podcast and these questions. Don't just ask them to ask them. You need to change your mind to actually care about what that person's saying. Which you would say probably our entire podcast is that each one of these episodes, which you know, we're gonna try to touch on topics and we're gonna do the best we can. But each one of these are gonna be tied into each other. 
And you can't like, you can't just be like, okay, I'm gonna implement this and it's gonna make me better at business. I gotta take a little bit of everything and implement it and it'll overall help me. You can't just be like, okay, the only thing I'm gonna do and I'm gonna make a lot of sales is power questions. No, you gotta do a little bit of genuine, like we talked about, genuine curiosity and that'll help you through all of it. And then on top of the power questions, so if you try, you start putting positive, like, I don't even know, influences on top of positive influences, positive influences, like, I'm gonna do this. And then you do positive, yeah, you do positive power reaction. I didn't mean to derail a conversation. No, 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 not at all. You can get back to the <laughs> So, no, we, I gave you two of them, you know, to be, what do you, what can I do better as a manager? Because I'm always trying to serve the people I'm overseeing. And then, what do you need help with in trying to talk, like open up that conversation about, look, I get it. You want to be super, super successful and you don't want to tell me that there's issues you have because it makes you look weak, but you open up that. Which if I, if I can interject, I know I keep cutting you off. It's a, no, no, but this is uh, this is great for two reasons. One, you could see what the people that are hungry, how that can make them better. And mm-hmm. you could see the people that aren't hungry, what they're going to complain about. How long have you been in this for, Ken? What, sales? Yeah. Uh, I guess about seven years. I've been doing this for five, six years. So between the two of us, we have 13 years of experience. So, but Ken and I would be the first one to tell you that we screw up all the time. Oh, yeah. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to give you a little bit of tidbits of information that you can use for yourself. Well... Also, him and I are using this as a tool that him and I can get better. Absolutely. Because we both are, we'll tell you that we're not perfect and we have issues. And I mean, you can listen to episode one and I don't know, him and I had a great conversation and a great thing that Ken said in episode one was run towards conflict. And yeah, just in the past week and a half since him and I aired that episode and what, how many times have you listened to that? Six? Yeah, dude, probably a hundred. Oh my God. Seven it's hilarious years. when you put out something. And you're like, wow, everybody's going to judge this. And I'm terrified in how much you nitpick it. But so he, we put out that and we talked about it and he said run towards conflict. And listening to that, I've implemented that in my own life. And just that little bit of information and that little conversation we had has gained me so much ground and has helped so much. And that's what we're trying to do is like build on that and make everything better. So what my – we talked about a couple of power questions and then – the last one we'll talk about is like, what's keeping you from being successful? Because there's a lot of times that people will, you put them in roles and you expect certain things from them, but you're not giving them the tools to succeed and you're inhibiting them from being super successful. But so when you ask them, what's keeping you from being successful? You just open up an entire dialogue between two people and like Ken said, it's trust. So they trust you, and then you pose this question. They're more likely to be like, I'm not looking at you as much my boss as kind of a peer, and they're more likely to critique you on what could be done better as an, in an overall company to make them more successful. I mean, right, Ken? I mean, it's something where you're – if somebody were like, hey, what can you do better? And if you were – they valued your opinion, and you could give them their opinion, it might benefit everybody as a whole. Yeah, absolutely, and that's what you're trying to do at the end of the day. You want to make everybody money. You know, yeah. we're, we're trying to make everybody money. So that gets us into kind of our, our next topic. You heard the management piece. Unless you have anything to add on the management piece. No, I mean, I think power questions are a great management tool. They really are. But I think in sales, you can just implement power questions, just knock people back. And they're like, wow, I don't even know how to answer that. So, no, I think 
power questions and sales are just a great topic. And I think that Ken's has numerous power questions that he can that he implements on his daily life. And I'd be the first one to tell you that I've seen him implement them because he's terrifying and super intimidating. And why don't you lead into that, Ken? Yeah, so I'll get into the sales side. Uh, we'll probably do a little bit of role-playing back and forth. And we'll go, probably get a little bit of role-playing, a little bit of tangents, a little bit back and forth. Uh, so as a sales guy walking into your office, what do you hate the most when somebody walks in and is trying to pitch you a product? I hate when somebody walks in, they're selling a product that I don't have, or they I do have, whatever. But they're telling me how this product is going to make me money and everything. And they're automatically assuming that they can run my business better than I can. And I don't know them. They don't know me. But they automatically come in here and be like, look, you should buy this. This is going to make your money, your business money because of this. And they don't know my business whatsoever. And they do that without asking any questions. None. So the, fir- the first thing I like to do is, uh, like we talked about in the first podcast, if you're walking into a cold call, it's the first time you read them, you want to find some common ground. So if you see pictures in Adam's office, which I'd imagine there's some pictures. Yes, obviously. So I'll look for a picture and try to find a picture where, the, where they first started the business. You know, maybe he has a picture hanging up in his office. Of an established date, uh, like when we started. Exactly. And I'll say, dude. When did you start your business? Oh, it was I've in the 50s. never seen Adam's office. So <laughs> um, in the 50s. So we've been established, corporated for over 60 years. So I'll see that sticker up there. I'm like, dude, 19, what did you say it was? It, it's been over 60 years. I don't know what the was? exact date, and I don't want to miss it. All right, so I'll say 1950. For, yeah, something. For random, random talk, 1950. Well, you say, hey, 1950? Is that when you guys started your business? And I'm like, yeah, it is. It was my grandfather started it. And then he passed it down to his sons, who, which is now my uncle and my dad. And now we're third generation where it's me and me alone. You know, good for you guys. You don't hear that too much outside of blue collar industries, whether that's hardware or masonry or what you guys do. So how have you been so successful over these years? A lot of integrity. First off, I just want to say, what's that old slogan? First generation starts it, second generation grows it, third, third generation, generation burns it up. Yeah, burns it. <laughs> so trust me, I've been for the past six, seven years that I've been in the, the industry, terrified of that slogan. And I've seen people who are family-owned companies that have people that are third generation. I'm like, oh God, I don't want to be that. So I, I'm a big proponent of that motto and I don't want to be that person. So our company, prides yourself on integrity, along with premium work and customer service. So you guys have grown through the years based off of how great your work is compared to your competitors. Oh, completely, yeah. Our work is infinitely better than our competitors. So if I showed you a premium product, would you be able to pick it out versus value products? Oh, instantaneously. So basically what I do, obviously I don't sell bricks, but for the sake of the conversation, I'll go Adam and say, hey, basically what I do is I carry a premium brick. Don't know shit about brick. I carry it in black, white, and red, which you get to us a later conversation. So, Adam, basically what I do is I carry a, a, a premium line of bricks, which we can touch on later. But I, I want to find out more about your business because I'm not making money unless you're making money. So how do you incorporate this premium product in all of your jobs? Do you do it for every job? Do you do it for some of your jobs? Do some value work? How do you incorporate it? We do some value work where unfortunately we have to use cheaper products just due to the fact that our competition is. But for the 
most part, we'd like to use premium products because it's a representation of us as a company. We do premium work and we want to install a premium product. And how do you pick this product? In regards to salespeople or just the product overall? Just product overall. If you were going to sit down with three pre- premium bricks, how do you pick them? The ones that I think would represent our company the best. We don't want to – yeah, there's – let's say three brick A, B, and C. A, the top end. C, the bottom end. We want something that – obviously, this is also off the conversation that price isn't an object, which nowadays it obviously is. But if price is an object, we're going to pick – a, all the time, because it's also a representation of us as a company that this premier product is representative of us as a company because we're a premier contractor as well. And if you guys actually carry a premium product, like if you carry a premium brick you can and you, and you stand behind and you actually know it's a premium brick, I would say now is a good time to probably show him that product <laughs> and then ask him a few questions on how he feels about it. Why does he think it's premium? How does it compare up compared to the competitors? How does it compare to the competitors, whether it's dollar wise, I guess the way the bricks build. I mean, I don't know shit about bricks, but And basically you know what they do is they dig up stuff out of the ground and they dry it and there you go, it's brick. Versus somebody you already used, mine's the premium brick. Oh, I'm gonna hands down be like, that's the better product. And if I had my options at all of them, I would pick that one. But what it would keep you from using this on every job? Price. Obviously, price would be a giant inhibitor of us using them on every project. Dude, who, if you're providing a premium product, it's obviously the cost, right? So how would we, how do we compare it to your other premium line source price and quality? So if you have a product that is similar price to a competitor, but it's a higher end product, if you just walk to my office and we're like, hey, Adam, look, I have this product, hey, it's the same price as product B. Yeah, it's a, it, it's a much better product. The only thing is, you've, I've never met you before, right? So you just walked in my office. Look, I'm gonna try to sell you this product. And then, but I've had a relationship with the person selling product B for however long. It's gonna be hard for me to just go disregard that relationship and just automatically just jump ship and go to you. Yeah, so I'd probably ask a question like, yeah, I know we just met. How can I build trust in a relationship with you? The product that I've been buying for a while, the person has developed trust because it's been years and years of service. So him and I have a rapport. We have a relationship and there's a certain level of trust. So it's hard to just go from that person to this person. So what do you provide that why I should leave that person go to you? If you don't mind me asking, what has he provided you and, and, and what do you look for in a rep as we move forward with this relationship? As a rep or a company? Because well, let's just start with the rep and then and then I'll tell you about the company if that's okay with you. No, totally. In actually we're gonna segue this and just have a conversation about this, but I personally buy off of reps, not the company they work for, right? I can I'm sure that people buy off of you because they don't care what you're selling, they like you as a person. At, for some points, right? Oh, no, most of them do, yeah. <laughs> right? So there's some people that I just like as people, and regardless of what they're selling, I want to buy off of them. But no, like Ken said in this role-playing whole thing, this person has provided me a service over a certain amount of years. They've provided a product that has been what they've told me it's going to be. You don't want somebody that's going to be like, hey, look, I'm going to provide you this, air quotes, premier product, but it isn't. 
they're selling what they're selling. They're not going to try to. They're not going to gonna BS you. Yeah, exactly. They're not going to BS me. They'll be like, look, here's this product. And Tulsa also, I like people that are going to tell you, here's the faults in the project, in the product that I'm selling. But like, look, there's, because everything has its faults. Everything does. Whether it be price, performance, anything like that, everything, there's nothing that's perfect. Yeah, so I might say, I know we're a little bit higher and I know we've just met. So you, you obviously don't trust me. You don't know me. This is the first time we're meeting. But you've looked at my product. You know it's a better product. You know it's the same price as the guy uh, that has a premium product. It might be more than all your value products. And then I might ask a question of, after seeing it, I know you just met me. What could I do to move forward with you and use my product on your build? Me, in my interpretation, if I'm very open to trying new things. Just because, especially if you're saying it's a better product, I might start off with, a smaller project that I would give you something on, right? Like a smaller sales number initially right off the bat just to prove that what you're telling me is true. And then if you earn my trust and that small product or whatever when he, that- When he was giving me that small bullshit product, he's a, or build that he's about to give me that small little bullshit build, I'd probably say something along the lines of, do you have any other builds that are going on in the future that I would fit better in? than that smaller build. And that very well could be possible, especially if it's reflective of us as a company. If you're providing a premier product that reflects us as a company better, yeah, you would definitely be a better suit. But I'd be hesitant about putting my name and my reputation at stake for a product and a salesperson that I've never met before besides this immediate meeting. Yeah, I can understand that. So. As we move forward through this relationship and you start to use us for more and more build outs, what do you need to see in the first build that will continue to build this trust between us? Probably a big thing would be customer service. Would be you're gonna be there whenever I call or anything like that. And also that the product that you initially sold to me when you came to my office the first time we shook hands and was like, Hey, I'm Adam, you're Kenny, nice to meet you. Stands up to the product that I'm installing is the product that you sold me the first time. If I go in there and you sell me a product that is inferior to what you sold me in my office, I'm going to be a little agitated with you and be a little bit pissed. Be like, yo, you told me your product was going to meet these standards and it's on it's on site and it's not. Which is absolutely right. So I'll probably ask a question of, are you able to tell me what builds you have going on in the next month that I can possibly come meet you for? For the projects that I would like first be using you on? Yeah. Ken, I'm going to use you guys on this job because, you know, hey, I like you. You came in here. You showed genuine interest. Whatever it is, I'm going to give you an opportunity with my company. And if I'm going to tell you about the co- the opportunities I'm going to give you, and if you show a level of customer service where you're like, look, this is the first job I have with you guys. I'm going to do all my due diligence on it and make sure that you are super satisfied with it. That's going to it's, it's going to mean so much to me as a customer. So if I hit on all your pain points of customer service and, and premium goods that are actually going to stand up compared to competitors, mm-hmm. will you commit that I'll be on your next job? Oh, it'll be a super level of trust where if you come in, you sell me a product, and you follow through on the product, that's going to just – that's a level of trust that most people don't have, right? If you come in and go, hey, Adam, I'm going to sell you this, and you follow through on it, how many people do that? There's a lot of people that – not many sales reps. Right? Most people come in there. I don't know. That's what terrifies me 
at least on my end, from a business owner management standpoint, is people come in there, they sell you a product, and they go, okay, here, I'm gonna sell you this. This is, look how great this product is and everything like that. Then all of a sudden, you buy it. Two months later, you go to call that person and you can't get a, you just get a dial tone and you gotta deal with customer service on this 1-800 number. You know I mean, so if you get, if you can were to come into my office, go, hey, I have this great product. I stand behind it. We use your product on a project and the entire process, you're there with me hand in hand. That's gonna instill so much trust that I will make sure that I use your product going forward. So you can commit to me if everything works out on the next project, we'll be on it? Yes. So we got that one. So for the sake of time, we'll start moving into kind of the retail side of things. And so here's like a few questions I like to use. You already went through. You can take those questions on meeting somebody for the first time. So what were your questions like you're meeting for somebody first time? What were the big things you would implement? Is it on your side or my side? Your side, definitely, because I already gave my side on the management. So what do you think on like the sales thing? Because, you know, I mean, I gave my like brief description about well, I mean, what... uh, on like a brick side or like a retail side? Retail, I, well, sales side. You want to kind of wait till we get further into this conversation and kind of segue into where yeah, the topics? Okay, yeah, all right, so you're going to delve into retail. So we'll go into like the retail. All right, so let's go. That's like kind of my wheelhouse. What I mean for somebody first time, again, it's, it's built on common ground. What do you look for? If it's a value product, you get on the value line. If it's a premium product, you get on the premium line. You figure it out. And then you guys start working with each other for a little while. And say Adam doesn't want to carry all the SKUs, which is basically you have what a SKUs product. for like, yeah, just yeah, basically people that don't you have, know. You a product line, and a SKU would be something in that product line. So if you carry, I don't know, if you carry black, red, and white brick, red, would be a skew, black would be a skew, white would be a skew. So different, pro- so different lines in different that same products product. in that line okay, would yeah. be skews. So if I'm going to somebody and they don't want to carry all the skews, and it's a retail shop, and you know, let's say, Cabela's is carrying the same thing down the street, right down the street. I would I would look that customer in the eye and say, if you're not carrying blank skew. Where are your customers going to buy that skew? All right, so what color were we talking about? Red, white, and black? Is that what we were at? Let's say red, white, and black. Okay, red, white, and black. So, like, Ken made a valuable point. So, you're a you're probably, like, talking about the mom and pops or the smaller companies, yeah, right? So because say, Cabela's is a big box store. We'll say independent or a little bit smaller than Cabela's. So, maybe, like, uh, I don't know. What's smaller than Cabela's? Cabela's? Dunham's? Dunham's smaller? Dunham's probably, Dunham's probably so we'll smaller. So, we'll say even than, like, Dunham's Cabela's. or a little bit smaller, independent. So yeah, so... What he's saying is like you have a company like Dunham's or anything like that and he goes in there and tries to sell a product and they only sell if we're going to white, black, and red. They yeah, sell. They carry black and white. Yeah, and you're like this, but all of a sudden you can go up to Cabela's. And, and buy red. Or you can look at your No, phone. you can not just buy red. You no. can buy red, black, and white. Why are you going to stop at, let's say Dunham's for instance, and pick up black and white colors and then go all the way to Cabela's to pick up the red one? I mean, Ken, I mean, I, I know you, but you're going to probably just go to Cabela's and be like, well, I'm going to pick up all of these SKUs at one time. Yeah, or you'll just look at your phone. So I, I also <laughs> use the internet as a battle. You know, where are they going to go to buy it? And if they have a follow-up, I'll say, you are training your customer to shop somewhere else. This is why. And I'll give them an example. If you walk in and you want to buy red and they don't have it, they're going to go right on their phone, see who has it in the area, or they're going to buy it on the website. So it should be a pretty easy conversation from there. Yeah, so it's one of those things where if you don't have it, they're going to pick it up from somebody else. And now this might be a little bit of a segue from 
this conversation about power questions and how you need to, and Ken's trying to pick up the whole skew thing. Like if you're not carrying it, where's your customer going to go to get it? Right. But my thing, at least kind of a little segue off of this, the internet thing is I went and bought a golf bag a couple weeks ago off of a big box retailer. And I walked up, saw the golf bag. I wanted it at that point, pulled up the online ad for the same golf bag that was significantly cheaper. So the manager was like, yo, you don't give me this thing right now for this price. I'm going to buy it online. It'll be at my doorstep tomorrow. And that's another conversation for a later time is whether you have a brand that doesn't have a map policy, which we can talk about map policy later. I was just trying to get into the whole internet yeah, yeah. thing where like you could just... Yeah, we can talk about it later. If you have, uh, if you have a brand where you can't find the basically the product anywhere else at the same price, then why would they shop anywhere else? But if there is a discount, then you need to make sure all your retailers have that same discount or they'll do exactly what Adam did or they'll just leave and won't say anything. Which most people just leave and not say anything. Which is crazy because, hey, I, I'm not in that sales thing, but it's crazy the fact that if somebody's selling something, regardless where it's at, everybody or every place you can buy from isn't aware of that discount mm -hmm. because it makes people look like idiots whenever you walk in there and you're like, and you Yo, need to make the your customer aware of the exact same thing. I could buy online for 50% off and they're like, what? Why do we have it marked up for that? Because it makes it seem like it doesn't instill trust in exactly. that store that you're like wow do you care about money or are you just you're what is best for me you're just trying to make as much money as possible yeah so to go back to the skew conversation if they don't want to carry everything uh when i meet with a customer let's say it's january 1 and you want to plan out that business and you're trying to figure out how it's going to go i like to sit down and ask what are your goals for your business this year and they'll say i want to grow by 30 percent for rough numbers so I'll look at him and say, where does my company fit into that goal and how do I help you get there? Yeah, and if you can were to walk into my company, store, whatever, even though I'm not buying from him, but if he were to walk in me like, look, what are you trying to achieve for this year? What's the base goal for every company? They wanna make money. Yeah. So I'm gonna go in there and be like, Ken, I'm gonna sell this amount of money, this dollar amount, I'm gonna make this amount of money. That's just my goal. And you're going to come in there and be like, look, if I – you put this, my product, on the shelf, look how much money you can make off of this product, right? So I like to, I like to tailor it a different way. So I'll say, what's your growth for business this year? Or, you know, what are you looking to do for business? I'm looking to grow. How much are you looking to grow by? 30%. So, okay, where does my brand fit in? I'm looking for you to grow 15%. I'll ask a question. Okay, if you're looking for the overall business to only grow 30%, why do you expect my company to only grow 15%? Because there might be SKUs they're not carrying, they might not be merchandising well, and that can bring you to different conversations. Does that make sense? Yeah, it completely makes sense. But what about a company that's like, I'm happy, no, because whenever you try to grow sales, you also have to grow overhead, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't obviously be like, okay, I do $10 million. Not necessarily, but yeah. I mean, if it's like a retail shop, not necessarily. Yeah, but he, but because you're putting in a higher market value product that provides you more, more sales. Return, yeah. yeah, more return on the entire thing. So it's kind of a conversation you have to have. Now, if there's a company that's like, hey, I want to make – I want to increase our sales numbers by this. Yeah, it's, it's a different conversation opposed to going like, look, I want to put products in my store that I can keep the same level of overhead and the same level of sales, but I want to increase my margins on the thing. Like I want to do 
let's say for instance, can I like to say, uh, can you pay your bills with margin? Because there's a lot of buyers to give Adam context. There's a lot of buyers that buy off margin, Mm -hmm. which my product with what I do does not have great margin, Mm -hmm. but we sell a lot of it. Mm -hmm. So you can't pay your bills with margin. So I like to say, can you pay whatever in margin? And they're like, what do you mean? Well, if you're doing X amount of dollars, can you name me another brand that's doing that much money in your store? So like Ken says, the big thing is any business is what? Profit. That's the only thing we're doing is we're trying to sell a certain dollar amount so we can cover our nut and make money and all that thing. So when you bring in a product, it's how profitable is that to me? Yeah, so they're beating up on margin and you're actually doing a lot of dollars. At the end of the day, it all, all matters on, on profit. But uh, I'll give you guys just a couple quick questions and then we'll we'll kind of end it from here. Yeah, because like this whole thing about power questions is our first episode, there was a, a lot of banter. Him and I were back and forth joking, jovial and all that stuff like that. But power questions are we're going to try to give you guys exact examples of scenarios in real life experience. And we can't joke around with it because as much as we're trying to – like, you know, we talk about each other. When Kenny's saying something about power questions or things he's implemented, as much as you guys are on the edge of your seat about it, so am I. Because Kenny and I fought, what, known each other 15 years, and I respect Kenny and all that. When he talks, I'm still trying to listen to him and trying to implement what he says in my day-to-day life. So we're trying to give you guys every possible information we can so you guys can implement it in your real life. So Ken's going to give you his... I guess what bullet points yeah, about his, points. his questions that you guys can implement in your daily life. I'm going to give you some of the bullet points I will use in management and then and we'll, we'll close it out and we'll close this out. So what are your big power questions you can use in sales? Yeah, so I think one of our bonds, like my favorite one is if you're not carrying X, where's your customer going to buy it? I really like that. one. I really do too, because Kenny brought that up to me. What was it? Probably a couple of weeks ago. You, this was, I think before the, even the inception of our podcast, you and I were bullshitting about this, and he brought this up, and I'm like, wow, that is such an insightful topic. And it provokes. They're gonna buy it somewhere. Yeah, and it's work. such an, it just, it thought provoking question. Yeah, I also like to ask my customer when I, when I meet them for the first time, or even I still ask my customers all the time, who's your favorite rep and why? Mm-hmm. Why are they your favorite rep? And then you try to implement to whatever they're doing. I also like to ask, how can we strengthen this relationship and partnership going forward? Um, I also like to send a, uh, an agenda before every meeting and say, hey, I want to cover inventory, sell-through, merchandising, and new product. I always keep that new product last because that's what they want to talk about first. It's like whenever you're going out with the, like, on a date with a girl and you're like, okay, we know it's at the end of the date, but we have Let's to go to dinner yeah, and exactly. we have to get drinks and everything else that. like that. But Plus, you know it's at the end. You want to get that order for the stuff that's already on the shelves totally and i have to say that ken is great at the agendas because there's a couple times that i've had i wouldn't say confrontation but some kind of meetings with sales reps or anything like that and i've asked ken's opinion about how i should tailor this agenda to the best of my ability and ken's super great at that in the in the agenda if you at the end if you say do you have any anything you want to add or any questions or any concerns They'll tell you what they're mad about or what they want to add or what's on their mind before you even go meet with them, and you'll know that going in. And then after the agenda, after you talk through everything, I like to look the dealer in the eye and say, you know, 
I like to regurgitate. So I like to, to rephrase what we talked about. I'll say, I promised you this. You promised me that. Is there anything here that you have concerns on that we cannot commit to today? You kind of like to summarize the entire thing. Yeah, just bring it, it together and... And then ask them to commit. And if they don't commit, they'll tell you why. And then you could say something along the lines of, okay, what can I do to make you more comfortable to commit to today? So no, yeah, yeah. Ken's role in sales, like what do you say? What? 2018 salesman of the year yeah. for a... Fairly sizable company, so Kenny's word is, yeah, very, very educational, everybody. And on my end, when it comes to management, a couple things I like to hit on, and it might not be as prolific as what Kenny says, is the main thing I'd like to do, and I like to see myself as a servant for the people I work for, is what can I do better as a manager? Because you always want to help the people you're managing as much as possible because they're a direct reflection on you. So that's like a big thing. That's one. Two is what do you need help with? Because like Kenny and I talked about, we're all prideful and we all want to be the best people we possibly can be. And we don't want to admit fault. And sometimes we do need help, which is just human nature. And sometimes we don't want to admit that we do need help. But if you open that conversation where, hey, I do need help. Thank you for posing that question. I'm going to be a little bit more open to telling you about that. It makes it easier. And then three is... What's keeping you from being even more successful? You don't want to ask somebody what's keeping you from being successful because then you're automatically just assuming that they're not successful to begin with and you don't want to go down that path. So you want to ask them what's keeping you from being even more successful in the path that you are. And there's things that they might bring up that you would have never thought about because you're not looking at it from their viewpoint. So you pose those questions and you open those doors and it leads to a level of trust and just complete interaction between a management and sales, whatever point of view that would be, that you wouldn't normally have. Yeah, so to summarize it, don't worry guys, we're gonna work on brevity <laughs> on the next podcast and I will hand that over to Harris on brevity, which he has no idea what that means. Well, don't worry, we'll work on it. Yeah, but, I, uh, I do have a small tidbit on brevity. Yeah. As much as Kenny would like to um, surmise that I'm he doesn't, he doesn't believe in the word. But <laughs> if you guys have any good questions, go on our Facebook page to Beers, Burger, Business, and Broskies. Same thing on Instagram. Um, or you can put it on our podcast and add some questions. Yeah, and we're also going to the initial, what, probably two weeks or so after these couple first podcasts aired, we're going to be giving away a Yeti Flip or some kind of soft side cooler, which will retail at a couple hundred dollars. So if you guys will we'll list the instructions on our Instagram, Facebook, whatever Just it is. Follow them. You'll get it. Yeah. And we're going to put it in raffle and we're going to award that stuff along with we have somewhat custom made cups. Yes, sir. That we're going to be awarding to a couple of people in this raffle. So, you know, hey, we're, we're new to this. We're virgins and we're trying to do the best we can. But we're going to try to reward you guys for your patience and all that. So... You keep following along with us, and we're going to reward you guys with some uh, some prizes. So, you know, for this, what, episode two? Yes, sir. On Power Questions? We're signing out. I'm Adam Harris. He is... The infamous Ken Miller. He's going to be infamous Ken Miller. You're going to type that shit in Google, and he's going to pop up. <laughs> you guys have a enjoyable evening, day, whatever it is, and we will talk to you later.